made for more. Good morning and welcome to the house of the Lord. God is with us, whether you're here worshiping in the sanctuary or whether you're worshiping from your living room or your dining room or your family room at home, he is with us. God is with us indeed. And it is a blessing to be able to come together and worship as God's people, a family of faith. If this happens to be your first time here today, I'm Pastor Ann, and I am honored and blessed to serve alongside Pastor Andy here at the Way Woodstock, where we are sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. That is our commitment. We continue our series today, Made for More, with today's message entitled, Dig Up Your Talent, Use It or Lose It. God has blessed us all with talents, various talents. And as the body of Christ, we're to use those talents for the benefit of others, to bring them to know the living Christ. We're looking at the parable of the talents from the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 14 to 30 today. And I will be reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible today. So now hear the word of God. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had two talents made two more talents. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here. I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. 
but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, and that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear most gracious God, we ask that you open our eyes and our hearts to hear the message you have for us today. The message that we are to take from this place and live into our everyday lives. So we ask, come Lord Jesus, come Holy Spirit, speak to us. And it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. We continue our series today, Made for More, with that message, that digging up our talents. So as we start to dig into the scripture, did you get it? Dig into this scripture. It's my sense of humor. It's my attempt at a sense of humor. Sorry about that. But I want to point out a few things, a few other things before we really start to dig. You heard from today, the scripture was read from the... um, New Eng- the English Standard Version, instead of the New International. We usually use the New International Version. It is called the Parable of the Bags of Gold in the NIV. But I wanted to use the, the, the English Standard because of the word talent. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about more in that in a minute here. In New Testament times, a talent was a unit of monetary reckoning. It was valued at 6,000 drachmas, the equivalent of 20 years of wages for a laborer. 20 years of wages. One talent was indeed very valuable, probably exceeding that of a bag of gold. In our day and age, though, when we think about the word talent, we think of it as either being a natural aptitude, or a skill that we have. A natural aptitude is something that we've been gifted with. It comes easy to us. You may have a mathematical aptitude, and if you do, anything that has to do with math comes easily to you. Or you may not. A skill is something that we value, and we admire, and we spend time developing. Maybe you admire people who play musical instruments and you can't play. Because it's something that you place value on, you decide that you want to learn to play. So you spend time watching, listening, taking lessons from someone who does know and have that skill, and then you practice and practice and practice. It probably doesn't come easily, but you value it so much that you're willing to give both time and energy and effort to develop the skill of playing. Our modern day definition of talent still carries immense value. Our talents, whether due to natural ability or developed skill, are like bags of gold to our God. Let's remember that as we reflect on this parable. 
In this parable, there are three men, three servants of a wealthy man, each with different ability. We're told that to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to their ability. The master was aware that three servants each had different levels of ability, and therefore he gave to them according to that ability. He wasn't expecting them to go out and do something they were that would be impossible for them to do. The master established a trust with each of these servants. We're told that he entrusted his property to them. And then there's an expectation. Now, we aren't told directly that there was an expectation here, but the fact that each was given according to their ability indicates that they were probably to do something with what they were given. The gift matched matched the ability. And then comes the return. I'm going to pause for a minute because I think it's important to mention where this parable that Jesus tells comes in scriptures. It comes right before he goes to the cross. So he's basically kind of telling people that there will be a time when the master goes away. But they have gifts and they have talents that they're to use until his return. Then there comes that time of return and it is a time of accountability. Both of the first two servants return to the master with twice what they had been given. And both are commended. Well done, good and faithful servant. Both had shown faithfulness in utilizing not only the gifts that they'd been given, but they also showed faithfulness in utilizing their potential. They had obviously done something with the gift they'd been given, and the gift they were given was multiplied as a result of their efforts. Due to their resourcefulness, their actions, they were invited to share in the joy of their master. When we utilize the gifts and talents that God has given us for kingdom purposes, we too are invited to share in the joy of our master, our God. When we find our God-given purpose and step into it, even when we face hardships, we're blessed. I can honestly testify to that fact. I cannot imagine living any other life than the one I'm living right now. It's not always been easy, and it's not always easy. There's still difficult times, but I've been blessed even in the midst of those difficult times following God's purposes. I'm going to share a little bit about an uncle. I had a funeral this past week, my 97-year-old uncle. My brother's, my, my dad's only surviving sibling brother. Um, he loved the Lord. He had his priorities right. I can remember from the time I was a little girl going to his house. And he wasn't afraid to bring up Jesus. You know, conversation, it was always in the conversation. He would share about his church. He would share about what he and his family were doing to, to glorify God. He and his wife got involved in, in jail ministry and went into jails and gave the gospel to people who didn't know Jesus. And he had the most beautiful, he was the most alive person I think I knew ever, that I've ever known. 
And that lasted his entire life. He had his values in order. He loved his God, he loved his family, and he loved his church. And he was about making disciples. He was a disciple, and he was about introducing people to the God who had changed his life. I got to thinking this week. Well, let's go back to the scripture. We come to that third servant, the one who buried what he had been given. He played it safe. He basically refused to take any risks with the money that his, his um, master had given him. And to top that off, he blamed his lack of initiative on the master, saying he was a hard man, while in actuality, the master had acted very graciously by entrusting his slaves with his money in the first place. Other evidence of the master's generosity comes when the master returns and the other two slaves bring back what they had plus more. And the, inner, and the, the master says to him, enter into my joy. Enter into my joy. And gave them back what he had originally given them plus more. Now, the master responds to this servant who had dug a hole and buried his talent with these words. Wicked and slothful. Now, being slothful was one of the ancient church's seven deadly sins. And what it meant was that that a person who was slothful was not caring They didn't love others. They weren't about rejoicing. They didn't live up to their full potential. They kind of played it safe, went through the motions, but weren't really living as they were intended to live because they were fearful. And because of the fear, the servant fails to be faithful. And then come those harsh words at the end of this parable. And cast the worthless servant out into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That phrase, weeping and gnashing of teeth, usually means a place where God is absent, where his presence is not known. And as... I reflected on my uncle's life this past week. And I reflected on some other folks that I know and the lives that we're living. You know, I kind of kept thinking about that. Life and death. Life and death. And if we're not utilizing our talents that God has given us, are we really living? Are we really living? We certainly don't have that abundant life, I don't think. So I'm wondering here, could it be possible that Jesus is telling us that when we play it safe, when we protect ourselves from investing in others, when we fail to step out in faith, that that is similar to death, like being banished to that 
outer darkness. Last week, Andy shared a quote, and it was, everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere with purpose. God created each and every one of us for a kingdom purpose, not just, you know, because we've got talent here or there and we're supposed to go do this, but for a kingdom purpose. Max Licata calls this our sweet spot, finding that sweet spot where our passion and our gifts all come together in serving God and helping others to know him. But how do we discover this sweet spot? We dig. Get your shovels out. We're going to dig. There are three basic places where we're going to dig to find out what our God-given purpose is. The first thing we need to start digging around is we need to dig and discover what our core values are, our individual core values. What is the most important thing to you? What do you hold dear? What do you get passionate about? What do you want others to experience? The second thing we need to start digging around for is we need to figure out what our talents are. Those God-given attributes that uh, we may we have been given from birth, as well as those skills that maybe we've developed as a result of our own efforts, maybe with the Spirit's leading. Sometimes we need to get help here, though. I can remember years ago when I, I couldn't tell you that I had any special gifts or talents. I felt pretty ordinary and didn't really think that I had anything to give anybody else. It took other people pointing that out to me. What they experienced when they were with me or through me for me to start recognizing that God did indeed gift me with some things and he gifted me with a purpose that I had not seen. And he was actually guiding me toward that purpose. And then the third thing that we have to dig around in is we have to dig around in our past experiences. Everything that happens to us in this life shapes us one way or another. Many years ago, I read a book that impacted me greatly, and it started with these words. These were the opening words of the book. Life is difficult. This is a great truth, one of the greatest truths. It's a great truth because once we truly see this truth, we can transcend it. Once we truly know that life is difficult, somehow it's not quite so difficult. That was by Scott M. Scott Peck in The Road Less Traveled. I read that book when I was at a crossroads in my life. I'd been hurt badly by somebody that I thought I could trust. It seemed like the ground beneath my feet was falling, just giving way, because it was. My life was never going to be the same. Thank heavens. I didn't see that then, but I can tell you I do now. Things, though, were definitely difficult. And I was faced with making probably one of the most important decisions of my life. I could live in fear, letting fear 
of what had happened harden my heart or I could seek another way. I could seek God in his way. I could accept that life was difficult, that pain was part of life, or I could fight against accepting that. And I could find blame. I could blame myself for my failures, and there were plenty of those. I could blame others for the choices that they had made that caused pain. I could blame God for allowing this to happen. Or I could seek a different road, the road less traveled. I could seek to grow through my pain. I could seek to allow God to show me a different way. Now, I really didn't understand it at the time fully, but that was truly an important part of my journey of faith. My turning back to God and saying, okay, Lord, help me see things from your eyes, from your viewpoint. You see, over the course of my life, I had experienced people who were stuck in unforgiveness. I had seen how their anger and their bitterness and the hardness had ruled their lives. And I knew that I did not want to be shaped by that in that fashion. I didn't want to live like that. We can all choose a different way. In seeking to understand and to forgive, to learn what love really means, and who God created us to be. We can give God permission to guide us in becoming a new person. You see, our past experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, often hold the key to unlock our future. Are there successes that you might have experienced in life that would give you confidence to try something new, something different? Are there experiences that you had that you wouldn't want to wish on anybody, but that you also wouldn't trade for anything because of the lessons that you learned through those experiences? I have a few of those. I chose to grow through those experiences, to seek God, to dig deep, to choose how I wanted to respond based on what I valued instead of simply reacting to my feelings. And I can tell you, I could have chosen differently. I could have chosen that anger, that bitterness, the resentment and unforgiveness. But for the grace of God, I didn't. Romans 8.28 tells us, And we know that in all things God works for good, of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. When God calls us, he can redeem all the things in our life, and he can bring good out of them if we choose to let him. And our God-given purpose will reflect the healing that he has done in our lives to other people. What's holding you back? You know, God can speak to us in lots of different ways. Through his word, scripture, 
through books that we read, like The Road Less Traveled, through the people that he brings into our lives, like my Uncle Russell and those other people who reflected the things I didn't want. He can speak to us through music and through many, many, many other ways. Did you know that he can even speak to you through a candle? Now, I had a, I had a visual that I was supposed to bring with me today, but I walked off and left it. It's a small candle about this tall, about that big around, and it's got white wax inside. The outside of the glass is total black. And in, in white letters across the front, it has these words. What would you try if you knew you could not fail? What would you try if you knew you could not fail? Now, that candle spoke to my heart when I read that little say, saying. But I just read it and moved on to the next shop. But I couldn't get it out of my mind. So my, before I left town, I went back and I bought it. And it was as if God was saying to me, step out. I'm with you. We can do this together. And then it got me to wondering. Maybe we really don't fail unless we give up or we never try. We are made for more. We are made for life abundantly. We're made to share in the joy of our master. And that is exactly what happens as we step into his calling, using our gifts and our talents for his glory. This week, you're going to have an opportunity to do a little digging there will be a spiritual gifts assessment coming your way in an email or if it's, it's going to be on and it's going to be on the website as well i encourage you to dig around do some digging this week unearth your talent unearth your talent discover what god has in store for you he has made you for more more let's pray Dear most gracious God, we thank you that you've made us for more and you've called us for more. Lord, just as Jesus delivered this parable as he was getting ready to leave this place, he was telling us, maybe, just maybe, I'm going to be leaving this place, but I'm giving you talent. Use it wisely until I return. Help others come to know me. Don't bury your talent. So, Lord, this week, give us the courage. Because sometimes it takes courage to look at something new, to look at something different, to see things from a different perspective. Continue your work in us, Lord, creating us into the people that you would have us become. And Lord, we say, we ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.